Trade is in fact an integral element of the global solution to achieve the right to food. Most of the countries have to import food to assure adequate food for their population. Hello, this is the Weekly Tradecast, a new podcast brought to you by UNCTAD, the UN's trade and development body. I'm Sarah Toms. We're exploring how major events are shaping trade and development and how that affects billions of people around the world. This week, we're looking at the right to food. Many countries have long struggled with food insecurity, but COVID, conflict and climate change are making hunger problems worse and forcing some nations to the brink of famine. The war in Ukraine has put a major strain on the world's food supply, as both Russia and Ukraine are breadbaskets for countries in the Middle East and Africa. The jump in food prices is forcing many people to live on just one meal a day, while extreme weather brought on by climate change destroys crops. The UN estimates 345 million people around the world are facing acute food insecurity. That's almost the population of the United States. Miho Shiratori, head of UNCTAD's trade services and creative economy branch, joins us now. Miho is an economist by profession, a historian by passion. Well, thank you for joining us today, Miho. So first off, could you explain what exactly is the right to food? The right to food is a basic human rights of people that's been recognized under the International Convention of Economic, Social and Cultural Rights, which was adapted in 1966. It basically says that the state parties which ratified it have to act in order to make sure that the world supply of food is assured, taking into account both the concerns of food importing countries and food exporting countries. Okay, so from UNCTAD's perspective, how would you say trade is related to people's right to food? Trade is, in fact, an integral element of the global solution to achieve the right to food. If you think about, for example, the availability of food, FAO actually reports that there are probably only 10 or so countries which can produce domestically enough food to feed the population right. within the country. Most of the countries have to import food to assure the adequate food for their population. Around 16% of the world population depends on the imported food, but this number goes much, much higher in Northern African region, mm. Middle Eastern region. The ratio goes up to 50% of population. So in terms of the availability, the international trade is one important tool to assure that you know the people do have food on the table. But it is also important in terms of affordability of food, if you think about it. When you import food, you import food from countries which can produce food cheaply. That means when you import food, the available food in the domestic market would become cheaper. Therefore, the poorer segments of the people have better access to food, therefore contributing to the right to food. Obviously, it's exceptional times at the moment. How is the Ukraine war and the ensuing cost of living crisis impacting global food insecurity at the moment? In 2021, the world was recovering from the COVID-19 crisis of the sudden halt of global food flows. 
Now, the Ukrainian crisis is very much of the affordability challenge. It's not so much probably of the availability, but sudden stop of, for example, the wheat and uh, other grains and also sunflower oils and fertilizers increase the speculation of the food prices so much. And when the demand is very, very high, Supply is constrained and speculation is so much that there would be less food, mm. increase the food price. And that is really driving the current cost of living crisis that's felt all over the world. How much will the uh, UN broker deal to get grain shipped out of Ukraine that I know UNCTAD has played a pivotal role? How much will that relieve some of the stress? It is a very good sign, very good news, the start of the shipping of the grains to the world market. And World Food Programme has informed the world that this is probably reducing their challenge of purchasing the world to feed the poorest people in the poorest countries. So it's a very, very good news. We hope that this will really reduce the speculation in terms of the higher food prices in the coming months. So, Miho, what impact is the Green Deal actually having on trade itself? It is extremely important, Sarah, the right to food actually ask for an equitable distribution of food across the world. Mm. Think about the current situation that four grain trading companies actually control 70 to 90 percent of the grain traded worldwide. When in this year we were talking about the more than 30% of the grain price increased, and as you said, the huge number of hungry people increased, mm. these companies also reported the record profit. It's not necessary that they were doing the wrong thing, but because of the high prices and because of the speculation, and maybe sometimes because of the hoarding by some business country, right. business community. So I think we really have to approach this issue, this Green Deal, from the 360 degrees perspective, the belief that everyone can do something to contribute to this solution. Yeah, it's, it seems unfair, doesn't it, that some people are actually taking advantage of the situation? Probably they are just doing some commercial activities based on the commercial principles. But, you know, that's why we say that this uh, uh, multifaceted but integrated approach, that everyone has to be part of it and see the same objective of achieving food security for today and food security in the long term. And as you say, balance is definitely yeah, needed. Balance is absolutely important for the short-term solution and the long-term solution. Aside from the war in Ukraine, climate change is another key factor that has the Horn of Africa on the verge of famine. What is the most effective thing we can do to help countries cope now and prepare for worse to come? International trade is an integral element of the global solution, but the global solution in the short term. It is very important to make sure the availability of food and affordability of food today. However, in the long term, we also know that too much dependency on food import increases the risk of food insecurity, which we have already seen in the COVID-19. And those countries which are particularly vulnerable to this long-term food security and have a very high dependency on the food import are also vulnerable environmentally. So the climate change will hit these countries first. 
Therefore, it is important to talk about this short-term solution through trade, but at the same time maintain the balance and keep on working at the international level to assure the agricultural productivity in these countries, also the climate uh, change mitigation measures that these countries can have as a long-term solution. What overall can be done to improve food security? Food security, it's a composite of actions by everyone is required to improve food security for everyone in the long term. On the production side, we talked about, for example, having new technology or new methodology to improve the agricultural productivity in climate change. It's shared by every country that it's important, and that's where international community can really play an important role. But also on the consumer side, to be aware of the right to food to everyone, mm. And the business side, that the, the trade in food is not only for the commercial activities. Well, thank you so much, um, Miho, for joining us today. And that was UNCTAD Miho Shuratori, who was this week's guest. Tune in to the weekly Tradecast next week and every week for more insights on the most pressing issues around the world of trade and development. There's even more on our website, unctad.org. I'm Sarah Toms in Geneva. Goodbye for now.